Welcome to Extraordinary People, the podcast that highlights people who inspire others, have made significant contributions to the world, or who have overcome adversity. This show is hosted by Shirley Bogtel, author, educator, wife, mother, and grandparent. Learn more and subscribe today at ShirleyWachtel.com. And now, here's my grandma, Shirley Wachtel. Hello, everyone. Today, I'd like to introduce Bernard Rothenberg, who's a proud military veteran who was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. After starting as a young teen working in supermarkets, he later served in World War II and was in Leipzig, Germany at the time of liberation, April 19, 1945. He served his country for 21 months. Upon returning to the States and meeting his future wife, Evelyn, he married and the couple went on to raise two children. After 41 years of marriage and his wife's passing, Bernie retired and became actively involved with Jewish war veterans in Brooklyn, fundraising and educating students. He currently resides in New Jersey, where he continues to speak in schools about his military experience and the lessons he has learned while serving this country. Even during the COVID crisis, this inspiring veteran has given talks to students via Zoom, impressive for an almost 95-year-old. So, Bernie, I just want to say on a, on a personal level, um, we've, uh, I've known uh, your daughter Susan for many, many years. Um, she and her family are, are very close friends of uh, ours, and um, I've, I've known you for just about as long a period of time, and I want to say that it truly is my joy, it truly is my honor to speak with you uh, today, um, and I'm so curious to learn um, about uh, other aspects of your life, because I know some things, but I don't really know much of your background, so welcome. First of all, I was not born in Brooklyn. I was born in Manhattan. The family moved to Brooklyn when I was nine years old in 1935. But I would just want to do it so fast. I would just like to talk about the the concentration camp. Uh, I think which was the, the two things that really stood out in my time in service. One was the liberation of the concentration camp. And secondly, was the when I first saw my dead German soldier, I would react upon myself. Bernie, before you talk, Bernie, before you talk about that, I'm just curious. Why did you enlist? What I did not enlist. Reason? You did. I did not enlist. I I was drafted. Okay. Okay. In, fa- in fact, I was four F for six months. And that four Fs just for six months really saved my life. Mm, okay, okay. Yeah, you know, because my parents, as you know, um, were Holocaust survivors, and a great deal of my family was lost in the Holocaust. So we, we, I, I know the stories from one aspect, but not, but I want to see through your eyes. So tell us about your experiences. Yeah. Well, you know, I was an infantryman with the 69th Division. And uh, 
We captured the city of Leipzig. Now, Leipzig is the fourth largest city in Germany. And on the 19th of uh, April, 1945, we captured the city of Leipzig and we liberated a concentration camp. It was a sub-camp of Buchenwald called T-H-E-K-L-A. And uh, what has happened there is that we actually got there one day too late. The day before, the Nazi guards had gathered 300 and put them into one compound, one building. And they burned them all alive. Now, the, the atrocities committed by the Nazis is just unbelievable. And uh, what our commanding officer did is he went to the uh, Bürgermeister, that's the mayor of Leipzig, and uh, they gathered a hundred civilians and uh, marched them through the camp to see what had happened, to see the uh, what they what we went through, and uh, uh, and then uh, uh, they had sent over seventy five coffins to, to handle some of the graves. And the uh, the uh, senior and uh, excuse me, and then a few days later, the signal corps came in, and they documented everything. So you know it's uh, and yet there's still people today that deny it. It's uh, it's you know it's un- it doesn't make sense. All right, now the next thing is. Uh, when I first saw my dead first soldier, I just had to stop for a minute. We were in the, this city called Eilenburg, and the Germans were running out of men, so it looked like it was a boy, maybe 14 to 16 years old. And I looked down at him, and I looked at his rifle, and, and I paused for a, a couple of minutes, and uh, I said, that could be me just lying in the gutter there. Uh-huh. It was a good age, just like any, and uh, it it really struck me so hard that that I was still alive at that point. And uh, I mean, I can I have many many stories, but those are the two most outstanding. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What was what was that like? You know, seeing what you saw—that's that's an experience that had to. It has had to follow you for the rest of your life, you know. And yeah, so. of course. But it's it's just the memories, and the, there's many things you know that I went to. I saw an entire sky full of B seventeens, oh. and you know maybe two hundred planes at the same time. And when we went over in convoy. Or you couldn't count the ships in every single direction there were ships. There are many things uh, I could talk about, but uh, you know, as long as you the way you did it, let it let it stay the way you did. Well, how how long were you in service? Well, I was in service. I was drafted on 
October 26, 1944, and I was discharged on August 8, 1946. It was a little less than two years. Wow. And how would how did that experience? You know, experiences change our lives, you know, and yours was so profound. How did that experience change your life, would you say? Well, the first six months was tough there, but the next six months was very easy. You know, when you get the, when you, the first day you're in the army, they give you an aptitude test and you, you, you rank from one to five. Unfortunately, I got into the one group. Uh, which is anything over 130. And I think I have 131 on the score. So that came in handy after the war. When the war ended in uh, Europe, we still had uh, Japan to be contend with. So what the uh, what the division was doing, they they had us walking every day to keep us in shape. And when uh, the day in August came that they dropped the bomb and peace was declared. Then uh, the division deactivated in Europe. And before it deactivated, uh, we had already sent, sent uh, part of the division within the Panama Canal heading toward Japan. Uh, well, after, after the division deactivated, I was transferred into uh, ordinance, and in ordinance, uh, they asked me what I could do, and I said, then I had to type, and I became a clerk, and while I was clerking for them, for the headquarters, uh, they sent me to school in a little town outside of Paris, a one-month course in Army Administration, oh. and uh, and when I got back to my outfit, they promoted me to to sergeant major. And I was 19, 19 years old and a sergeant major, and I stayed at that rank until uh, I was discharged. I couldn't wait to go home. They oh, they sure. wanted, you know, I was a homesick boy. <laughs> sure, sure, yeah. And and how was how was that? transition back to civilian life for you? Well, the transition back to civilian life is, it, 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 I came from a family where my mother and father, uh, you know, their education was limited. There was no one to, to encourage me to, to further my education. In fact, uh, while I was in high school, even though I graduated early in 1943, I took a commercial course. So uh, I decided to go to college uh, once I was discharged, and they let me matriculate with the uh, academic subjects. And after six months, it was a combination of the family and my not doing too well in, in, in my schoolwork there I finally decided to stay into the uh, grocery business that my brother had uh, that started eight years back. Which, which college were you enrolled in? In uh, City College. Tulsa. City College. Okay. 
And so That's then right. you went into bus- into the business. I left. I left the. Uh, I left the schoolwork and went back to to the grocery business and stayed there the rest of my life. That's mm-hmm. where I met Evelyn. That's where right. I met Evelyn. Right. And uh, and my life has been very rewarding. All my children, my my son and my daughter, and all my grandchildren. Are just wonderful, you know. I and and you uh, and you've got a couple of you've got a couple of great grandchildren as well. To be as proud. Well, yes, yes. Yes, that's wonderful. Um, so so um, let me. Uh, are there any are there any other um, incidents during your time serving that kind of stayed with you that just made a mark on you that that are unforgettable that you'd like to tell us about really uh, uh i didn't see uh too much anti-semitism in the army there was a little but uh nothing nothing uh, very profound although i'm sure it would in fact they had a program on today uh, six o'clock in the morning. Uh, GI Jews, yeah, you know, which I've seen it before. They've showed, they've showed it years back. And it shows the concentration camp and everything. It was, and shows all the uh, that we served, you know. But um, I, what can I tell you? I, I'm, I'm so pleased to be here. And so pleased with my life that uh, I can explain to you, you know, uh, just how I feel inside of it. Yes, yes, and you're you're a fortunate you're a fortunate man, and and you certainly you certainly earn that in your lifetime because it's what you give to others that really I think comes back to you. I, I'd like to talk a little bit about um, what you've been doing, especially these last few years. Um, you know, you, you're at an age where you can certainly uh, take it easy and you can sit home and watch TV and listen to the radio and be with family and all of that. Uh, but you're doing more than that. You're going out to the schools. You're being very active with veterans groups. Why? Why did you decide to do that? I can't tell you how good it makes me feel. I've been going to schools back in Brooklyn. When I was living back in Brooklyn, I went to many schools there. And in fact, they had a Holocaust program there in one of the districts. And we had four or five different schools that we went to. And uh, here in New Jersey, I uh, I've been going to North uh, New Jer- New Jersey. Uh, uh, I don't know if you have the school North, but there's a lot of schools there, and uh, someone uh, got me interested in uh, talking to classes, and I've done uh, many. I've been up there many times. And I just recently did a uh, Zoom with them. And uh, I really enjoy talking to the kids and uh, trying to impress them, you know, to have a good life and educate them and tell them about the freedom that they have. 
and uh, you know, and everything that uh, that that is today that they should be doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. What's been their reaction to you? I have a plaque with my medals, and mm-hmm. I bring the plaque in, and uh, they're it's overwhelming. How old are the students that you've been seeing? It, it's it's from um, it's mostly the middle grade. Uh, I would say from uh, eight to twelve in that group there. Sometimes, okay. uh, sometimes a little younger, you know. And are they? How much? How much do they know? Do you think about that period in history? They know very little, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, and uh, it's it's good to talk to them and, and enlighten them about everything. Mm-hmm. And they really appreciate it. the teachers. I have so many uh, so many letters from the other people. That the teachers, you know, make them right into it, and uh, I really enjoy doing it. But now with the uh, with our problem, everything is at a standstill. COVID, yes, but but I hear you're doing you're you're doing some uh, talks online even <laughs> during this time. Yes, a few times online, yes. mm-hmm. but it's it's not the same thing. You have to be with sure. the students. Yeah. yeah, you're you're really a living testament that this this did happen. And when you say that they know so little about this period in history, it's remarkable because New Jersey is one of the few states that mandates teaching about the Holocaust. And so we can only imagine if you uh, somebody lived in one of the other states, how little they would know. So you're you're really doing a um a remarkable thing here. Do you um do you have any uh are you in touch with anybody who served with you at this point in your life? No, no, no. 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 That's gone you, long long Were you in touch with people after the war? I was in touch with one of my uh uh fellow uh, uh, uh you know uh, soldiers but for a while maybe for a uh, Three or four months, we wrote to each other, and then, and then we stopped. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I've mentioned that my parents were Holocaust survivors, and you know, because of my book, and I've done many talks to students myself. Um, I'm just curious if you had, um, what was your impression? You said that there were. You know, there were burials, bodies being buried and so forth. What was your impression of the Holocaust survivors at that time? And have you ever been um, since the war? Have you ever had any um, dealings with people who actually were survivors? Well, yes. uh, uh, The last lady that I used to see before I left her was a Holocaust survivor. Okay. And uh, we went to uh, the programs that the uh, that New Jersey has for them. They, you know, they they give them a a, a program every month. I think it is. But now that I'm gone from well, now they probably don't have it now anyway because of the situation. But it's, mm-hmm. uh, I forget what they call it. Uh, it's an organization that. Uh, 
that the Holocaust people went to do about there were about thirty or forty of us there, and they would give you entertainment for an hour and then a, a meal for an hour. Okay. Um, you know, we live in such a, a fragile world right now. Um, there's the world is there's so many conflicts going on in the world now. And of course, even within our own country, uh, you know, there it's broken in, in many places. Um, when you go to these schools and you talk to these students, is there any advice that you can give them? Any message that you who you're you're you know, you've seen it all really. You've seen it firsthand. What would be your message to students as we as we go forth in, in for our country, for the world today? That's exactly what I do when I'm there. Is to tell them the, the history of the war. Tell them about the Holocaust. I tell them what it took, uh, how many lives it took to mm-hmm. to accomplish this. And I tell them that the freedom that we have today and the liberty. And uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, I can't do it now. Well, I'm, I've just been hoping that uh, eventually. Uh, you know, we can, we can get back to some sort of normalcy. Yes, I so think. I think. You know, I think we very, all are. I'm very, I'm very active with the Jewish war veterans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I work as the uh, adjutant for them, but uh, but the uh, but the situation today is just Yeah, it's um, it, it really is, and and you know, I think I can only imagine the response that you get when you are in that classroom, seeing those students, and for many of them for the first time, really, you know, realizing that such a such a horrendous thing has happened in history, and then seeing you who really you're living, you're a witness to it. So I could see why that's really. Very, very gratifying for you. I mean, you are, you're, you are a member of the greatest generation, and you know, it's really, it's. I, I thank you so much for speaking with me today, um, and seeing you in yet another light. I, I am in, uh, in awe. I remain in awe of you, and I hope that uh, you know, five years from now, we will speak again on your hundredth birthday. I hope so. <laughs> Thank That's you. what I'm aiming for. <laughs> we all are, right? Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Bernie, so much. It's been a pleasure. You're welcome. And uh, I really enjoyed this talk. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Extraordinary People. To learn more about Shirley Wachtel and to subscribe to the show, head to ShirleyWachtel.com. Thanks, and we'll see you next time on Extraordinary People. Extraordinary People.